ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. 312-332-3776, Talking Bears, football, new head coach, new GM. Where are we going with the D.C.? Where are we going with the O.C.? 312-332-3776. It's Xander and Hanley, and Tracy's on the south side jumping in here on ESPN 1000. Hey, Tracy. Hi, guys. How you doing? Good. Uh, I'm calling and uh, 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 go get an experience office corner like the Tennessee Titans office coordinator or uh, the, uh, Cam Newton's office coordinator when he goes with the Carolina Panthers. Go get somebody that knows the job. Don't get nobody that has to learn the job and try to learn the job and teach Justin Fields. Well, you know, I, I don't. I, we don't disagree with that. And, and the thing is, Brian, and uh, thank you for your call, Tracy. The thing is, Brian, is, you know, the good OCs, are they just automatically ready for the next step? And it's just really hard to make that lateral hire for an OC that's had success somewhere else because they've demonstrated that they are ready for the next step? So Alex Golish is the, um, no, that, that's not it. Um the idea that you're going to get a first-time play caller for Justin Fields does nothing for me. And by the right. way, um, Jeff Hughes, the man behind the Bears blog, who had, you know, given props because he was out in front of this thing throughout the process, mm-hmm. you know, it says Pat, Pep Hamilton is coming in this morning for an interview, so that means it's time for Getsy up in Green Bay to you know bleep or get off the pot. And I, I said that top of the show. What what are you waiting on? You know, either you're with us or you're not. I don't need you to take 24, 48 hours to to see what's shaken out in Green Bay. Right. And it sounds like he's waiting and that's what he's waiting for. But right. We should have pulled the plug. Yeah. I mean, either this is an exciting opportunity. You want to be part of it or I'm giving you the opportunity of a lifetime and you're telling me I'll, I'll get back to you. No, thank you. Well, I hope they have more people lined up to talk to beyond Pep. Well, and is and Pat coming in as an OC or is he coming in as a quarterback's coach? And, and then back to John Filippo. I mean, is he even under consideration? We saw Chris Tabor go down to Carolina and take the same special teams coordinator position he had here. So are, are guys in the building not even being considered? It's a fresh start for everybody? or Yeah, they or, haven't really talked about Filippo at all. Yeah. I haven't seen anything on that. 312 yeah, we we need somebody proven. It just seems to me that you know that might be easier said than done because if somebody has done so well, you know, maybe they're ready for that head coaching job. And what OCs are out there that are in line for a possible head coaching job and that may Todd, not got hired? Todd, Todd Downing is the Titans uh, OC and there's question whether he's coming back or not because of the way their season ended with the, all those interceptions was that Tannehill was that the scheme was, you know, Whatever it was, it ended their playoffs right. uh, in short So order. there you have it. You have experience right there, but is that yep. the right experience you want? Well, it's it's experience. I'll, right. I'll take experience yeah. over no yeah. experience. Right. 312-332-3776. is uh, going to be yeah, you know, pretty interesting next few days. I would think that they would have the OC hired within the next few days, maybe even this weekend. You would hope so. Yeah. I mean, you know, look, Ryan, Ryan Poles and Eberflus should have come in with their list of, okay, here's what my, when you're talking to the Bears interview committee 
And Bill Polian. Right. They what's your plan? Head on that. Yeah. What's your plan? Who, who you talk? Give me some names that are possibilities. People you worked with, people you know you think you can get, people you're going to sell me on. Don't you know? I'm, I can't just look at a, a blank piece of paper, a, a empty legal pad, and you fill it in later. I hope they laid out their their dreams and visions. Now you're not the only team looking, the only organization looking. So if something more enticing comes about, then obviously you know guys who are who are our hot commodities will have their choice to among two, three, four teams. This time last week, we talked about how there were 15, I think it was 15 head coach uh, interviews that they let us know about, 11 GM interviews that they let us know about. I would like to see a big, long list for this OC job that they would make available. Yeah. They're not and, going and, to, but I would like to see that because yeah. it seems like that would instill some confidence because as you mentioned, and it's very obvious, Justin Fields is the big prize. He plays offense. We need somebody that has demonstrated success in developing a quarterback because that is our main need. Okay, so Mark, if if you bring in the right OC and you trust that he not only can call plays, but he knows what he's looking at, mm-hmm. How long does it take him to to make bring in the verdict on Justin Fields, assuming health, and he's out there and he starts, you know, summer and everything else? He gets all the snaps, the ones because, you know, there's actually direction and a plan here. Um, can you judge that in one year, given the stops and starts and uh, you know, good and bad that you saw Justin Fields? Because if he's not the guy. How can you sit here for three years and make that determination, or is it after me oh, sooner than later? No, 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 no. I mean, look, I, we would love to see something, uh, you know, some development and, and some assurance within year number one, but there are so many other factors, right? It's not like we have a, a ready team that just no. needs that quarterback. We've got all kinds of needs. I don't even know if Cole Komet's the guy, and, and right. he's a second round right. pick. Right. I don't even know if the guy you're moving to left tackle, second round pick with back exactly. surgery. Exactly. Right. So that is only going to have to buy time because this all this whole thing has to come together and uh you know that is going to be the test that's why our poll is up there and it is live at espn 1000 it is um how do you immediately judge matt eberflus and ryan pole's success once they get it uh really working wins only development of fields or player acquisitions Three one two three three two three seven seven six. If you want to go ahead and vote on the poll or weigh in here on the phones, Brian in Plainfield wants to jump in on ESPN one thousand. Hey, Brian. Hey guys, I uh, just wanted to weigh in on the the fact that I don't know if it's really a coaching problem or if it's becoming much more of an ownership problem. Um, I think I think Flores is not a terrible decision, but at the same time, I'm not like overly impressed with his resume. Like it's good, but right. what have you done for me, and, and, and how much? And and a part of me says this this kid, you know, he's young, and how much of it was, hey, we're giving you a chance to be a GM. By the way, you have to do everything that we say. Ted and George probably are making more decisions than we want them to. Oh no! And they, don't please don't, 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 don't even. I was having a good day. Don't even. Yeah, Brian. Don't, don't. I don't need a. I don't need a, <laughs> a paper from Yale to tell me that's a bad thing. Yeah, uh, that's a bad thing. No, I, I'm, I'm going to fully believe and, and trust yeah, thanks, that Georgia didn't even want to have a conversation with Matt Nagy about the quarterback because he's uncomfortable. That's a head coaching thing. I don't think George. I don't think their fingerprints are going to be anything. They they're going to get you know higher and let uh, now let Poles and Eberflus put their staffs together. The one thing the Bears do, they don't meddle. Once they make the hires, you get plenty of time to prove you're awful. Almost and, almost too much time. 
Yeah, for absolutely six, seven years, Ryan Pace yeah. got to, to show that. And, he and, had and it no has clue. been reported, and hopefully it's accurate, that McCaskey said that polls will report straight to him, and he'll yeah. say, I don't know what you're talking about. Please just do your thing. Just do your job and, and show Phillips me. Phillips will not be involved. No, that he's out there with the hard hat and the yellow vest out at, uh, and, and trying to survey the land at Arlington Heights. fancy trailer they got him. Yeah, that's right. He's got the blueprints trailer. upside down, and he's like, okay. What am I looking at here? <laughs> Help me out. I think it's time for lunch. Let's take a break. 312-332-3776. If there's an OC out there that uh, the Bears should be looking at, somebody with experience, you know, you go ahead and throw their name at us. Uh, we, we Sean have- Payton. Yeah, uh, yeah, I love it. I love how it, Brian. The, how hey, Brian, the, the, do you have his number? Look, you, you've been working here in the market forever. He grew up in Naperville. If you have his number, call him today. Yeah, he, he turned his phone off, but supposedly the He's not Bears, talking to anybody. Did you buy, are you buying the report that the Bears, and they had to make that phone call, right? Um, I, technically, I don't know if it's tampering. I guess it would be he's still under contract, but they had some way of contacting him and, and feeling out if he had any interest. I guess it was a very Through short a mutual phone friend call. in Naperville or something? Like yeah, yeah, yeah he had Ryan Pace go down and ask him. Um but, I mean, you know, he said he didn't want anything to do with a rebuild. I mean, it's right. So, obviously, yeah. the Bears weren't on the list just from that, let alone if he had any faith in, in the ownership here. But he's going to take, a, what, a year off and then come back with a ready-made team and and, and show up somewhere and back in the playoffs? Probably. That sounds uh, pretty likely, right? Yeah. And so someone's going to have to give some assets to New Orleans and and somebody's going to have to pony up not only assets but they're 45 have million dollars supposedly yep. left on 3 years of the deal so yeah must be uh must be nice for Sean Payne but he is not going to be our OC this year who no. would you like to see in that spot 3123323776 we've got some audio here on uh uh, let's People see. saying nice things about uh, Ryan Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've we've got several things to go to. We've got this one from uh, Scott Pioli on uh, Waddle and Sylvia and how hard the transition is to GM. What happens is you're used to a certain schedule and cadence and ability to do the job that's most important, which in the GM case, it's to find players. And then all of a sudden, your day is filled up with all of the unexpected. And I remember Parcell saying to me, you know, he said every day that you go to the office as either the head coach or the general manager, there will be five things that happen that were not on your to-do list and you had no idea and some that are crippling um, and time-consuming on a level that you cannot be prepared for. And you go from managing a department and a smaller group of people to managing multiple departments. And, you know, when, when I was in New England, I remember Bill and I, we separated a lot of those duties. So, you know, not everyone was reporting to either of us. Then when you take that next step up, um, everyone's professional problems and personal problems become your own. Mm. And it's not just the, the personnel staff that's reporting to you. It's the the video department. It's the trainers. It's the player development people. It's every single department that touches football. And then you've got obligations. Um, and I've talked to polls about this. You know, one of the things I was not prepared for in Kansas City was the obligations of being one of the faces of the franchise and the voices of the franchise. You know, I, I didn't have to do that in New England. I didn't want to do that. And like I told polls, you know, you're going to have this obligation to be a mouthpiece along with the head coach and the, and the best players 
and be a face and, and communicate with the media. And um, those things become, they're necessary and they take time away from you being the best version of yourself at one of the most important right. jobs. That sounds like a big job. I'm, I, you know, after after Scott talked to Ryan, he still took the job with the McCaskies, Brian. How, but how refreshing is that, that he told Ryan Poles, you have to be the face and voice of the organization. Mm-hmm. You know, the cowardly Ryan, who just got launched, Pace, <laughs> would be hiding up in his luxury suite. He spoke it, before the year and then at the end of the year. And Matt Nagy, hate him, like him, in between. He twisted every week. He took after, every bullet. He took every bullet, and I've never seen it before, and I hope I, I never see it again. Every team I covered, Mark Zander, you had if you were covering the team on a regular basis, you had the phone number to the GM. You could go up and knock on their door or talk to the secretary and say you need a few minutes. They were available. They were around practice. You could talk to them and not just say hello. You could actually ask them stuff on and off the record. And, I mean, I don't care who it was, Larry Himes, John Paxson, Bob Murray, um, up and down, pick a sport, pick a GM in this town. I've never seen a guy hide like Ryan Pace. And to, so I'm glad that Scott Pioli told uh, Ryan Poles that you have to be out front and available. Good times and bad. I mean, don't be a front runner and, and take victory laps when things are going well. But uh, you you need to be out there explaining the what the whys, as Matt Nagy How say, refreshing right? would that be? And yeah. this is a good guy. Scott Pioli is a good guy for Ryan to have advising him. And that only obviously yeah. Yeah, yeah. It helps us. And we've got more audio from Scott Pioli coming up. We've got more phone calls to take, too. Talking Bears, new head coach, new GM. Where are they going to go from here? 312-332-376-3776. It's Xander and Hanley on ESPN 1000. We'll be right back. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Sander and Hanley, ESPN 1000. Ryan Poles in place as GM. Matt Eberflus in place as a head coach. And we've uh, challenged you to throw out a name for an OC, somebody who might have some experience. Brian, we've got uh, Dominic in Manhattan. I'm assuming that's Illinois, not in uh, New York City. You and, can make uh, it there, you can make it anywhere. Yeah. Dominic, welcome to ESPN 1000. Appreciate it. Good morning, boys. How are you? Good. Good. Uh, name I'm not hearing a lot of, and I really would like to hear more of, uh, Greg Roman uh, coming out of Baltimore. Uh, you know, individual, his career history itself has a track record of its own. He currently is on the hot seat right now. And what he's done for Baltimore, and the offense is very similar to ours, is that his polarizing run, uh, you know, lost three running backs this year, huge running game, had Lamar Jackson out on, on numerous injuries throughout the year, um, but a very similar scheme to what we run here. You know, he has Super Bowl history with Frisco in 2012, former offensive line assistant, tight end coach. Um, I think it's a solid fit overall, hey, and I think that's something. He got me sold. I would definitely want to talk to him for sure if he's out right. the, on the way out the door. Yeah, and I mean, and that's and it it doesn't hurt to reach out and see what's going on, and why not look towards something that fits? And this see, that would but, make what uh, best sense to me, right? Well, here's the thing: if it's a lateral move, um, Baltimore can say if he's not on his way out the door. Baltimore can re- refuse to even allow him to interview. If it, if you, you have to either give him a promotion or Let more him money. Go. Yeah. No, or more money. The Bears can't just say be our offensive coordinator. It's like offensive coordinator, 
assistant head coach. And by the way, here's a couple hundred thousand more, but then you can't stop the guy from interviewing. But if it's a lateral move, then Baltimore can say, you know, try somebody else. He's staying here. Right. Or we wait till he gets let go. If that happens, Dominic, thanks for the phone call. Darren jumps on Twitter. He said, uh, I mean, how many experienced play callers are there out there? Norv Turner, Pat Shermer. Now that Fangio has been let go, they just aren't really out there which is a bit of a point as well, which makes this all the more challenging. And again, it seems like we're looking for the diamond in the rough. And so far, the names that we've heard, as Brian has said, are pretty rough. Let me ask you this. Yeah. If, um, I, we know that most, most of the time, a very large portion of the time, college head coaches don't fare very well at the NFL level. Mm-hmm. Could you find a, an offensive coordinator, play caller, so from some elite college team. Now, here's the problem, because in the college ranks, you know, Nick Saban, pay the, his assistants are millionaires, right? You know, it, it's it, the uh, the college ranks now get paid as, as it's well. It's mind-blowing. Yeah, yeah it's as well or better than. Yeah. It's uh, to the point where they turn down head coaching jobs because exactly they're paid right. so well. So, as an but you have a great point, Brian. Is there a history of anybody coming up as uh, offensive guru out of college to be an OC in the NFL and had some success? I mean, I, you would. You, I, I, you, you, first of all, I mean, you, you're casting a wide net because right. how many college teams are there? So, yep. I, I'd be more. I would be more excited to hear those names than Luke would you Getz's then somebody name. with NFL experience just maybe as a quarterbacks coach? Yeah, a passing coordinator Luke Getzey doesn't work for me. I'm sorry, doesn't. Chris in Jefferson Park wants to jump in here on ESPN 1000. Hey, Chris. Hey, fellas, thanks for taking my call. Yep. Um, I just want to say, you know what? It seems like it's not just the national media, it's not just Chicago media, it's not just Bear fans, but everybody's got a lot of negativity right off the bat with Ryan Poles and Matt Aberfuss. And I think before these decisions get made of how we're going to set up our offensive system, how we're going to put everything in place in the draft, what problems are we going to address first, we all know that this surrounds Justin Fields and his development at quarterback, number one. I don't think that anything that Ryan Poles or Matt Aberfuss doesn't know already. And if we continue to overdiagnose everything, every single decision the Bears do, you're going to drive yourself insane because none of it makes sense. I mean, the first thing we know we have to do is restructure the off- offensive line. Ryan Poles knows that. Maybe Rufus knows that. You have to get some depth at left tackle. Amen. You have to get some depth at the right tackle. You have to be able to block before we talk about putting together a passing scheme for Justin Fields. Well, you also, you also have to get some wide receivers and, uh, you know, absolutely. You know, difference makers. Absolutely. you got to get stars. And let's yep. face it, we weren't going anywhere with Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy at the helm, and no. especially in draft picks. And if those guys, if, if Ryan Poles and Matt Irifluss can come through us some draft picks and judge them in three years, judge them in three years, let's see where it goes. But for right now, I'm telling you, I'm not making a judgment on these guys because right now, as far as I'm concerned, if Matt Eberflus and Ryan Pose as so much as sneeze, everybody's going to criticize it. <laughs> you know, and that's it where we're at as Bears fandom, unfortunately. Yeah, you know, yeah it is. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was, right. They created I, this mess. And by, I was driven, the previous Ryan and Matt has set low bars, and hopefully well, we'll I was see. Driven, I was driven insane by Phil Emery and uh, Mark Tresman. So, um, but I hear... I yeah, mean, thanks, look, Chris. 
we started the show by saying all you have to do is hope that they got it right this time. And I, I, I like Ryan Pohl's resume, and I like what Scott Pioli coached him up on. I, I, I believe that he, if they allow him to be uh, uh, the GM and not medal, and I don't think they medal, I, I hope and I believe he could be a very good GM. But th- there's a lot of heavy lifting, and three years might be optimistic. The defensive head coach, I'm not saying Iberflus isn't a great head coach, and Tyler gave us those wonderful stats on discipline and no penalties. That's that's all great, and he might know how to run a team. That's wonderful. It's To me, it's all about the quarterback, and maybe that's micro-analyzing it or you know, not being a macro guy and looking at running 50-plus players. But if you don't get this OC right, then I think no matter how... Well, it's the big glaring need, and that's why we're talking about it. Uh, Joe in Rockdale wants to jump in. Hey, Joe. Hey, good day, guys. How are you today? Good. Hey, I'm going to throw a little around-the-other-way Bush thing. Like, how about an older guy? How about, like, a Jim Caldwell who's coached, has been a head coach, has done offense, he's done defense, he's done everything. Seems to have the right temperament for everybody to get along. And kind of can be like a, a balancing act of kind of coordinating either the defense or the offense, but most of the offense to see if maybe they can help field that way and kind of give him a mentor. And I heard he's nothing but the greatest as a, as a coach, so I don't know. Well, I know he's, he's certainly been guy, in town already. Think, yeah. He's gone? No, no, I'm saying he's no, certainly no. been in town already. He was he interviewed for the yeah, head coach For job. the head so coaching now, job. So we, that we've got that question. step out of the way. Well, that begs question. Yeah, Two-time so. head coach is—is is he at the point in his life and career where he'd be satisfied being an OC when he just got turned down for the the job, the head coach job? Yeah. So, is that, what's the comfort level he working for the guy who got the job ahead of him, and the guy who got the job ahead of him deferring to a guy who's been there and done that? And and here's where the comfort level is. I was, I you know, I was a head coach not once but twice with some success. I would have done it this way. I mean, if, if you're a first-time head coach in Eberflus, do you have the the wherewithal to to not you know feel like you're being second-guessed? I mean, do you feel it's that a, it's a solid point, Brian? Yeah, yeah, so. but he's an older guy, and he's not being accepted by a whole lot of people, and it could be just because of his age. Yeah, and they're like, be. well, you're 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 good at what you do, but you're 72 years old or whatever he is, and it's like, well, we like you, but we don't like how old you are. Well, Bill Polian no. apparently liked him, if you believe uh, the Bears blog, and yeah, they thanks, said that Jeff. guy was wired thanks for in. The phone call, yeah. yeah. 312-332-3776. The phones are hopping. Bob and Rosemont. You're on ESPN 1000. Good afternoon, fellas. Hey. You know, Brian, you raised, you raised a great point in terms of, you know, all the comments about we want someone experienced. You know, that's an entirely understandable position, given the inexperience of Matt Nagy and the, and the, the consequences of that fact. But you know, the ability to find an experienced NFL executive and an experienced NFL head coach and experienced coordinators is just as difficult as finding an excellent quarterback. They're not walking around waiting for you to, you know, tap them on the shoulder and bring them into your building. Uh, number one, you, everyone you hire has got to be a promotion, as you mentioned. Number two, to the extent you want to talk about people that are nice guys, Jim Caldwell's a great guy. Vic Fangio's a great guy. Both Matt Nagy was a nice you. guy. Yeah. Yeah. They both, they've both been paid as head coaches at one point, and uh, if they're willing to subordinate their ego and be a uh, 
be an assistant to this uh, to this new uh, head coach, great. You've got an outstanding staff, but that doesn't appear to be uh, what no. their mindset is. And, you know, the bottom line is if, if you sit here and say, I only want someone who's been there, done that. Well, Todd Haley has been there and done that many places. John Filippo has been there and done that, and he's been fired within the context of a single season uh, because of his disagreeability with the head coach. So, you know, unfortunately, you've, you've, you've got to make these decisions based upon their exposure to a number of organizations, the fact that they've done well and been promoted within those organizations, and hopefully all those organizations have been somewhat successful, so the lessons they've learned uh, were good lessons, and you hope that they can take the next step while they're employed by you. It's a crapshoot, a calculated risk. It is. But to sit here and say, well, no, no, I don't want to hire anybody who hasn't already done the job they're being hired for, is just not a realistic expectation. And, and to the extent, you know, the caller a moment ago mentioned that we're being too negative. I think being cautiously optimistic where the Bears are concerned has always been the best course of action. And when you But it's a challenge it just, a lot of times, you know that. that that's about yeah. all you can be, given their yeah. track record. Yeah. Well, exactly right. And if you want to just sit here and say, well, new faces, we're going to give them an entirely clean slate, uh, well, that's one way to take it. But I don't think you can be critical of people who choose to be a little bit more uh, – cautiously optimistic where the bears are concerned well right? said, thanks Bob. for your time guys yeah well said yeah, great great points i i'm cautiously more cautiously optimistic because i i did not have a problem with bill polian because ernie of course he basically gave him john fox and said i'm done i think they interviewed <laughs> and he three people yeah. right i mean this was an exhaustive search and people made fun of it but i they did cast the the largest net out there and they were thorough and, and they, that's what and, we needed to see you're right. I, 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 it wasn't just George and Ted and a couple guys in the building who you know, are media guys doing fake interviews with Bruce Arians. It was um, it, it's it seemed like they had more of a plan that was rooted. And, you know, people laughed that, that George read Bill Pullian's book and was sold on it. It's better than not. And you could you could have done a hell of a lot worse yep. to have a consultant than. The, the, the license bill so far, and and Ted being moved out so far of that yeah. all is all of that is good. We just have to see that next step. And great points by all kinds of callers today on ESPN One Thousand. We've got Billy and Don to get to. We will hear more of uh, from Scott Pioli on Waddle and Sylvie about uh, Ryan Poles and some of the things that he told Ryan. When we get back here on ESPN One Thousand, it's Xander and Hanley. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Talking Bears on a Saturday morning. We've got a new GM. Ryan Poles, yep. Matt Eberflus as our coach. And now we're wondering which way we're going with the OC. We still have to hire a DC, Brian. And uh, we're going to hear you from... Ever see, uh, yeah. You ever see Mellencamp? Uh, yeah, you know, probably a handful of times. Yeah, yeah. I, I did too. Yeah. And the first time I was like, yeah, okay. I always thought like a poor man Springsteen. What a terrific. I mean, every time he came to town after I saw him the first time up at the river, somebody, I, uh, you know, a, a terrific yeah. show. Yeah, I, 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 I saw him no less than maybe seven or eight times. Yeah, and, me uh, too. You know, recently he talked about how he hates Jack and Diane, hates that song. Made him a lot of money. He shouldn't be such a hater. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had a neighbor once, and the neighbors, and they were Tom and Diane, and I, I called him Jack a couple times, a little ditty about Jack, and I mean, just because I had a mind block, and he's like, who? I'm like, oh, yeah. Really? 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Mellencamp was uh, somebody talked about him recently. Um, oh, it was Waddle. I can't remember if it was last week or, or the week prior where he said his brother ended up playing flag football with him. I don't know how his brother ended up hanging out with Mellencamp. But John Mellencamp was a serious sore loser. And he's, you know, on his records, he called himself himself the little bastard. Because he's like an ornery little guy. Oh, I saw him at the Indianapolis airport one day when I was covering the Big Ten. And (laughs) he was about five foot nothing, and his security people were about twice as you know, the size of he the had all the kinds of attitude, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Don's on the road. He wants to let his voice be heard on ESPN one thousand. What's up, Don? Hi, thanks for taking my call. Yep. What do you guys have um, has anybody brought up or talked about Jason Garrett? <laughs> Not today. Offensive yeah. coordinator. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> wow. Uh, I, I, wow. I mean, you could, you could do a hell of a lot worse. I don't think he's interested in being an OC, but yeah, see, that's a thing. That's oh. a thing we've talked about. Uh, you know, these, these, uh, these people with great experience, are they interested in going back there or do they just want to move ahead into a, uh, a head coaching position? And I mean, that's what, not what available it, to them. What did, what did say that Dan Quinn supposedly went back to Dallas because Jerry Jones promised to, you know, pay him a boatload more money. Um, and probably when, be in the waiting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He's reading the well, team. He was, so, yeah. he, was uh, he was just offensive coordinator in New York. That's, that's uh, true. And uh, I don't know. You, you know, I guess they, yeah, that's, I guess uh, they didn't like him, but but yeah. but uh, but well, it might have been a tough experience. situation yeah, for well, anybody. It, it, yeah. it, it was. Tough, yeah, it was. You know. Yeah. Just a thought. Yep. Thanks, yeah, Don. No. Yep. Uh, see, that's the thing, right? You got somebody there that had um, that had uh, some experience. It didn't really go well. So, you know, are you thinking, okay, didn't go well, wasn't the right situation, still want that experience? Or do we find that next up-and-comer? This city would erupt, absolutely erupt, if Jason Garrett was brought in here. I mean, if you want a director of morale to clap his way on the sidelines, sure. <laughs> Bring in Jason Garrett. But well, okay, Jason Garrett or Luke Getzey? Where are you I, going? I'd rather take a chance on the new guy. Oh, don't. I, I'm don't. sorry. Like I would. The like, fourth guy on the food chain at Green Bay. When but but where, where has Jason Garrett even had success? Hey, he's got popcorn here. Right. That's it. That's the only yeah. reason why you should hire him. I, I, you know, I'll take the director of morale clapping hands who at least has a clue versus a guy who's like, let me think about it. Well, is- well okay. Okay. Let's take him off the, uh, okay. How about him or Pep Hamilton? I don't know. I mean, Pep, okay. You could do worse again. He's interviewing today. You could do worse. I, I, but a guy who's been moving around for a decade. Being- but that's your experience, Brian. Well, he was his quarterback's coach. He wasn't OC and well, was that's he? true. Yeah. Uh, Scott Pioli talked to Waddle and Sylvie this past week, and he had some great insight. This is great audio right here. What attributes does uh, Ryan Poles possess that might lead him to success? I'll start with the personal side. And again, uh, you know, it's funny. I've done a couple of interviews, and I don't think I'm doing a very good job of managing expectations for Poles because <laughs> I, I honestly I can't be. Um, I, I can't be objective because I think so much of him as a, as a person and because I've known him and been so close to him, but also as the, you know, in the job that he does, but as a, as a person, he's an incredible 
father. He's an incredible husband. I know his parents. He's an incredible son. He's an incredible brother. I know his sister. He, he He's the total package as a person. Professionally, um, he is... He's this rare combination of intelligence, toughness, and humility. Um, and not all tough people can be humble, and he has that. And he's he's incredibly thoughtful. And one of the things that stuck out to me initially when I, I first hired him um, was his organizational skills. He has a great deal. He observes things. Again, he's thoughtful and smart. And he does. He's incredibly self-reflective, and reflective of situations and circumstances. Therefore, not only does he organize things well at the beginning, but he's constantly evaluating and re-evaluating, reorganizing things. Well, that's very, um, uh, you know, encouraging, isn't it, Brian? Uh, it's absolutely encouraging, and I, I'm glad that he says, you know, it's hard to to do a good, you know, serve him well by talking about him because he has such respect and and appreciation for him, right? I, that just isn't a guy going through the motions saying nice things because that's what's expected. I mean, that the sincerity there is unbelievable. So that should give you a, a lot of optimism that they got the GM right. Yep. A, again, my world, I would have rather an offensive minded head coach. And I know everyone's burned by the Matt Nagy was the offensive guru coming in and was going to show everybody. But they and that you know, still they, hurts. And that's still an open wound a little bit. Yep. Right. But yeah. they went back to Kansas City, get the GM after Nagy burned him from, you know, as a head well, coach. So. Uh, and Scott also had something to say on Waddle and Sylvie about polls having perspective on the offensive line, which is we need that. You know, as much as, as people think the game has changed, you know, and, and, and Tom can talk to this, it's it's still about the, you know, offensive line, defensive line. Um, that, that's a tale as old as time. If you If you're really solid up front on both sides of the ball, it, it gives you a chance week in and week out. And, uh, you know, I think that's been an area of, of, of expertise for him, of finding value picks, you know, along the way on the offensive line and, and defensive line. You know, a lot of the guys that get attention are first and second round picks, but, you know, a lot of the difference that, that gets made for your teams is, is in those, uh, you know, fourth, fifth, free agent guys that, right. that you can pick up that create value to your team. And I, I think he's out of that of helping out in Kansas City. They've always done a really nice job of that. Well, that all sounds wonderful so far. Well, yeah. And look, it, it's great to find guys in the fourth and fifth round and, and come up with maybe guys that fell to the second round and should have been first rounders. Mm-hmm. But Ryan Pace, you look at his first round record. And, you know, starting with Kevin White, and it, it was a disaster, yep. right? And Mitch Trubisky set the, the organization back years. Again, it's just, I know Northrop Bob came in and told us that it's a crapshoot, and it is. But hopefully, if you're doing your due diligence and everything else, you improve those odds. That and and get. look, you have to have the right scouts. You have to have the Absolutely. right information. Absolutely. And, and uh, you know, somebody else had uh, called in. I forgot who it was. They quoted that Yale study that said yeah, there's really no Bob, difference. Yeah. You know, yeah. second and third round. Yet, like, uh, did you say it was Jerry Angelo way back when who yeah. used to trade down and he just have almost more every picks? Year. Every More year, picks. And it, look, it is a numbers day game to a certain certain extent. John in Naperville is uh, here on ESPN 1000. Hey, John. Hey, what's going on, boys? So my, my other question, do you know, like, um, 
I was just more curious if anyone's like reached out to like Gary Kubiak or anyone down that coaching tree because I figure that style of offense fits us very well. That that zone block, one cut run, throw it short, intermediate route, and then hit them deep when the defense starts creeping up. We've seen that Justin Fields can throw the deep ball very well and pretty accurate for the most part. So I was just wondering like if, if something along that coaching tree maybe because I know Kubiak retired, but I'd like to see that maybe without the pressure on him as a head coach and as maybe just an OC, if that would be something that would work out. Yeah, I mean, there, there's another name that I would certainly be interested in hearing if I, if I was Matt Eberflus and, Thanks, and, John. and Ryan Poles, you know, the guy who's been there and done that. Again, right. are you comfortable with a, a guy who, well, I mean, first of all, is he willing to take that job? And is he enthused about it? He's Come out of retirement, for, sure. Yeah, right. But, I mean, again, it, it's... Hey, it worked for I, Tony LaRussa, right? Oh man, no, no, we're at the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, and it did up until the point that they lost playoff series. But now, yeah. well, there's always this year. Oh hey, wait, baseball is still locked up, isn't it? Yeah. Well, we saw progress this week. Yeah, a you were the bit. optimist, and yeah. there was some actual movement. And maybe we get into that a little bit tomorrow. But uh, I was surprised at how much give and take there was in a couple meetings this week. And, and so maybe they're well, getting it, serious It almost begs it. for the uh, question is like, why could you not have done this earlier? Because they're still up against it. Well, I didn't, it see, it coming, to... I didn't see it coming this week. So to me, it's, uh, it was refreshing okay. that there was some sizable, you know, some significant movement. So we'll, uh, we'll wrap up the Twitter poll and get out of here at 1.00. Uh, when we get back, the uh, last segment, we'll take your calls. If you have any remaining thoughts, 312-332-3776. The Twitter poll today on ESPN 1000. How do you immediately judge Matt Eberflus and Ryan Pohl's success? Wins only, development of fields, player acquisition. We'll be right back here on ESPN 1000. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. We'll be wrapping up our Twitter poll in just a second here. 312-332-3776 if you want to jump in on the Twitter poll. We can talk about that. It is... um, how do you immediately judge Matt Eberflus and Ron Pohl's success? Wins only development of fields, player acquisition. And, uh, Brian, we had uh, Fat Boy Running jumping in here. He said, immediately, question mark, establishment of a promising coaching staff and pro and college scouting staffs. That's part well, of the success recipe, too. So we're talking about the coaching staff in particular. We're talking about the play caller. And um, I didn't realize till our last caller brought up Gary Kubiak that – Minnesota has had the, the fourth most explosive offense in the league in 2020. And um, they had the scoring more points than all but 10 teams. So he retired in, in January of 21. He's 59. You could do worse than get him out of retirement. Has Kubiak had health issues? Wasn't that um, something with Gary Kubiak? Sounds yeah. familiar. Yeah, yeah if I mean, that's the issue. That that just may take him out of that. But I would hope the Bears would have maybe maybe you're off. Maybe you're off is uh, you know whatever it is. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I don't know what the health issues were. I don't think he actually said, but it, there was something to that. So, but th- that's the type of guy I you know I'd feel much more comfort level. Uh, you know, you know, go get 
talk to Brad Childress again, right? I mean, he was part as a consultant for the Bears, right? See if he'd want to be part of this thing. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. A couple of games to look at for tomorrow conference championship. You've got uh, both in the AFC and NFC. You've got ten and seven teams taking on twelve and five teams. I gave I gave my buddies in a Survivor playoff pool. I gave them two upsets tomorrow, and there's only two games. Um, so if I really believe what? that, wait, 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 wait a minute. Mm-hmm. You're saying. Am I hearing you right? You gave him bet, two upsets. I gave him the Bengals. I I I had a, an epiphany during the week that I took t- so many lumps last week. I know last couple of weeks because <laughs> yeah, I yeah, said right. I actually texted him. I'm going to argue that Bengals have yet yet to win a playoff game, but I also know that Kansas City's not going to uh, sack Burrows nine times like Tennessee did, and I'm going to argue that the Bills lost that game with their defensive collapse mm-hmm. in the, the yep. final minute and, yep. and overtime. I'm going to argue Kansas City didn't win that game. So if I, I want to back that up, here, here are the odds. Uh, for Super Bowl matchups, you can get on some sports apps, sportsbook apps. KC versus the Rams in the Super Bowl, even money. KC versus the Niners, plus 230. Bengals versus the Rams, plus 480. Bengals versus the 49ers, and I gave them the 49ers, and here's why. Because I remember Kyle Shanahan said at the beginning of the year, before the season started, they were thinking about trading for Matt Stafford. So he went back for like last know, three seasons and looked at every snap Stafford had in Denver and came away so impressed that Stafford was even Detroit. better. Uh, Detroit, yeah. yeah. He was so impressed uh, that Stafford was even better than he thought and wasn't even close. I mean, he was. So I'm thinking maybe he imparts that knowledge to his defensive staff so they come uh, game plan against him. But anyway. Bengals and Niners, if you want to bet that Super Bowl matchup today, plus 900. Nine to one odds. Well, I'll tell you, I did not walk in here thinking the Bengals had a shot. But you have you have made it a, a little more of an interesting point. In selling the Bengals. You know what's scaring me? Everyone, including uh, Mike North on the odds couple, and he, he's got a system. The system said Bengals plus the points, which is up to seven and a half now. Everywhere I look now, everyone's taking the points in the Bengals, which always scares me. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and but uh, but I I still think the Rams are going to take the 49ers. But it's interesting mm-hmm. you're picking the 49ers. Rams are giving yep. three and a half, according to what I'm seeing here. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, it is going to be very interesting uh, tomorrow, and we'll definitely preview. We'll be here between uh, ten and noon tomorrow. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. If you want to jump in last minute to talk about what's happening at Hallis Hall and where they should look for an OC. I mean, you know, the discussion today has been, you know, do we find that next person ready to come up into being an OC that hasn't had that previous experience? Or are those are there assets laying around that might consider that have had success might consider that job with the Bears? Yeah. And, 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 you know, I don't need the wide receivers coach from Jacksonville. Uh, it might be a wonderful guy. It might be the next. But it might famous. be the next, you know, successful play caller. See, well, that's he might the thing. be. And I have to and, trust that, that when he's sitting down for an interview that, uh, you know, Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles know, knows it, what they're hearing. Yeah, this at. this uh, Ryan and Matt hopefully have a better handle on talent, both on the field and in the coaching ranks. Yeah. Because that's what we're going to need. So far, we have two pieces. We still need a DC and an OC. 
And you some so of the San, experienced if San, names. If, yeah. if Sanjay Lal is your guy from Jacksonville, then you know I'm I'm going to have to sit by and watch and hope you got it right. Or how about Luke Getzey? That's if he decides to grace us with no, his presence. No, 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 no. Too late. You know, if I <laughs> offered late. him the job yesterday, then I want yeah, to do it. Right. He had what five, ten minutes. Call me back. I'll give, got I'll, give, yeah, I'll give him an hour. I mean, you an know, hour okay. might have caught you at a bad time. Right. I, I don't need don't get you know, get back to me on Monday. And you haven't. No, thank you. Well, and, and look, this is the report. The ship might have sailed already for him. Uh, Pep Hamilton allegedly getting uh, interviewed today by Ryan Poles and, and Matt Eberflus. But is it for the OC job or a quarterback's coach? I mean, is John Filippo sticking around? If not, you're going to need one of those guys, too. And. You know, uh, you know, I, I don't know. So, well, hopefully within uh, I don't know if it's going to happen this weekend, but it's going to happen relatively soon, right? Get that would, OC I, in in place. I would hope you're getting your entire staff in place within uh, a couple of days, because I would think you had a blueprint and a list of names that you told uh, Dilpolian and and the entire committee about. You know yep. what your dream team looked like. All right, let's wrap up that poll. How do you immediately judge Matt Eberflus and Ryan Pohl's success? Tyler Aki has the results here. So the development of Justin Fields leads the way at 52%. That's where I would put my vote as well. Wins only at 33% and then player acquisition at 15%. Okay, so so we're okay if we're not, uh, you know, winning, overall winning a lot of games, but we're seeing progress with Justin Fields. That's what I'm hearing. Hey, if he really develops, you're going to win games in this division. Yep, no and, matter, and it, right? we'll get there. And I would like to build uh, for sustained success as opposed to immediate, and uh, we saw how that happened with Nagy's first year. Brian Hanley, thank you uh, for hanging out with me again today. We will see you tomorrow at 10 a.m. right here on ESPN 1000, okay? Look forward to it.